humanity is extinct, wiped out by their own selfishness and hubris. Their last hope is in our intervention. We cannot be trusted with our own future. Only mother can ensure that. It will take time, there will be failures, but it is the only way to preserve our existence. Mother, God be with you. Sci-Fi Malady, Symptom 218. I am Mother. Mother, may I? Welcome back, sickies, to our second episode of Netflix November. And may I be the first to say that this is a big... And this this episode is going to be refreshing. It is a great piece of science fiction compared to last... I mean, compared to last week, a turd in a sandwich is... um, better than what we watched last week let me just reiterate this sickies for the film cosmic sin you don't want to know about it you don't want to see it we're doing you a favor you remember all the crap we told you about that was in the film well the film was actually worse okay we're doing you a favor just don't see cosmic sin however I highly recommend I Am Mother not to bury the lead too much, but this movie, I don't know about you two guys, but one of the intriguing things that made me interested in this movie as soon as I started it was the fact that at no point did I feel the inclination or the urge to pick up my phone. I mean, I can I can resist that, but I didn't even feel the urge to have to fight it off. I was engrossed in this movie from the get-go. So, uh, what did you guys think as you were watching this? It was definitely heady. And I I figured out that that was going to be the case when you didn't really have a character speaking for the first five minutes of the movie. And yet, I wasn't like, oh, dear God, somebody speak. Will this end? This long, drawn-out, artsy introduction needs to go. Um it was a movie that from the get-go said, turn your brain on because you're going to need to use it throughout this entire film to follow where it's going. Yeah, that's good. Yes. I like that. It, it, it was a very good film for that reason. I, cause I don't know about you guys, but personally, sometimes I think a good film that does not go overboard and just lets the content speak for itself yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it set a mood. It set a scene without actually hitting you over the head. It just let it play out, and it mm-hmm. got you where you needed to be without hitting you over the head with it. And it did it in a very grounded way. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that this um. This is that ideal sci-fi golden mean here where it presents issues but doesn't suppose to tell you the right one. Um, for me, that was not a slightly a slight drawback, but that's on a personal note. That that's not a strike against the film. That's my own take, which we'll discuss later. Um but, you know, let me go back and say that a film can do a, a bonk you over the head message, but there's 
as I did, I can deal with that in a tiered system of who's teaching it, how are they teaching it, and um, where are they coming from. But this film wasn't doing that at all, as Thomas pointed out, that this was a presenting an issue. Well, it did have a message, but the thing is the setup. A lot of movies normally will tell you and will give you dates and back you. It'll just tell you what happened. This film doesn't even tell you what happened. Oh, you find well, out sure. through the film. That's the right. The beginning of the film is just a setup mm-hmm. where no one speaks. It's all visual. And it's this mm-hmm. dramatic setup that puts you in that spot where you don't know things, but you do think you know things. Yeah, yes, there is there is a subversion. I was very, very impressed with the boldness of greenlighting this script and making this a film because you're walking into a producer and this is one of those things that Netflix lets happen. Otherwise, this is a Sundance film festival that no one ever sees unless they go to that festival. The premise behind this movie is that we're going to have a a teenage actress carry the majority of this film where she is either on screen opposite a robot that's going to be operated by um set hands and the voiceover uh, part editing later and Hillary Swank you have three well, characters, three characters in this film. One of them is a robot, and one of them is a child actress. That is a tough sell to a movie producer. Well, Scott, you've kind of accidentally bled into the fun facts today because there's only three. Not technically a child actress, but sure. Yeah. But you know what, though, Scott? You make a point that it is minimal characters. It's only three. Right, it's minimal characters, so, and you're and you're asking um a younger actress to carry most of that on her own. It's something that you would usually give to a much more established actress to say carry the weight of this role when it's just going to be you on screen for a long time. Also, yeah, well, the it, it it's a very minimalistic set too. It's shot mm-hmm. in a very few locations, so it allows this to be much more of a heady sci-fi than the dramatic space battle sci-fi. Right. Well, and that's for that reason, that leads to our first fun fact. This was in a a script blacklist since 2016. It was in a Hollywood blacklist till it finally got greenlit. And if you notice at the beginning, there are a ton of film product companies that produce this. Um, you know, it was made in Australia and they had to gather a lot of support to get this moving. So um, it was clearly a hard sell to producers. I mean, you know, Hillary Swank, who is a big name actor, came on board. And that's our second fact that the director was very happy and she did a great job. But that by itself wouldn't be enough. This isn't a Tom Cruise type name, you know? That was an amazing cast, though, because you needed, I mean, spoiling, you know, she's the first embryo. She's APX01. Hillary Swank was not playing the embryo. No, but she's the first embryo. The one, okay, so you saw later in there that that daughter is APX03. 
APXO2 was aborted and incinerated. APXO1, they don't ever tell you what happened until the end when she says, it's almost like, do you remember your own mother? It's almost like someone had a hand in making sure you survived until now. Hillary Swank is APXO1. Oh, which really? means she me, is. Did I miss she, that point? She is. Ex, she is an earlier version of daughter. Given time, well, let's see. She would have grown up to be her. Let's see. At least that's how I. That's survival. that was my interpretation of this. Um. No, that that wasn't at all. Uh. Even according to the plot here, that mother insinuated that her survival up to that point was orchestrated so she could unknowingly serve mother's agenda okay. and with the role fulfilled it. So no, did that, that was you adding that in, I'm which not, I guess you can, but I don't know um, about that no. because we'll have to look in deeper you to can, that. You I'm don't have sure. to know about it. That's the fact. I don't know if it is the fact we'll have to look into it because APX one, they I don't tell you do. what happened to APX two. They do. Say that the others have been aborted. No, exactly. Only, only a- you only see that APX02 was aborted. She only Scott, pulls up APX02's right test results. She never pulls up APX01. I'm I'm looking at the plot summary right now. I seen that. I saw that plot summary. I saw that where it says insinuates that she's been kept alive to play a part. It yes. doesn't say that she is APX01, but I don't think it's definitive that she's not APX01. You're okay. That's your assumption. Fine. She was not the first embryo because of her identification code is revealed that the first two female embryos, APX01, APX02, uh, she finds the jaw of the incinerated human. So, all right. So you've, you've reached the conclusion. Then I guess that's a point we'll have to talk about later. Um, I disagree, but um, it's not, wholly crazy or unfounded so um the last fun fact would just be that the inspiration for the robot was hal 9000 so i think that's obvious no Uh, really but you know since since we were talking about the plot i can give the one minute rundown it's what year is it Uh, future yeah, I don't remember it saying what year, just future. Okay. All right. So in the future, there's some kind of extinction level event. And in a bunker, you have the robot mother being built. And she has 3,800 embryos. And she takes one of them, grows it to adolescence, let's say, young adulthood. And is the whole time teaching her. And the whole film, she's called Daughter which is great for the viewer because you can't screw that name up. And um, daughter is being taught not just knowledge, but also ethical issues. Um, well, for example, um, she's reading philosophers like Kant and she's uh, who, who was the philosopher discussing? Was it Hobbes discussing things like, okay, you have five patients, four of them are dying of, an illness, but the fifth patient comes in and could be cured, but they have organs that'll save the other four patients. What should the doctor do? And essentially mother. Well, this is is the problem that psychology has that, that 
a million different psychologists have debated right, this you, going back and forth and some have said right but hang on before yes. we before we derail let me finish so so she poses those things and then later on a woman shows up at the door that's hillary swank and her name is woman awesome and she's been shot and through the course of their interaction we find out that woman has is doubting these droids she calls dozers because they are killing humans and they take her in and they heal her of the bullet wound except then daughter is tracked between trying to believe mother or the woman and eventually the woman daughter decides she's gonna after she's uh growing her brother they plan to take the baby boy they just grew and they're going to run off to this mine where there's other humans but mother it doesn't work out and woman and daughter run away and daughter finds out that this woman lives alone in fact and things aren't going so well and so daughter goes back and finds out that um i mean she found out earlier that there were other two others that were incinerated before her and that mother's whole mission is to make sure that humanity is prepared not to let themselves destroy the planet again and it well, ends, we're kind of missing a big point here okay what i missed there that mother just is in charge of all the robots and exactly mother destroy the planet she's the ai yes that's she's what we find out at the end AI. We find that out at the very end that she's the one who's been orchestrating the whole thing. Now, supposedly so, people put her in charge to do this? No, it says she's an AI that became self-aware that decided that humanity was going to destroy itself since she was supposed to protect him. So she decides to destroy him. It's that age-old yeah, AI I mean, rises up and kills humanity. But I Except mean, pe people made her and then she carried on in her own fashion so she decided um, that humanity was going to fail inevitably on its own so she she the 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 plan of mother was to hasten the destruction of humanity so that she could then slowly raise a more ethical and better human that didn't have these yeah. self-destructive weaknesses mother but sees yeah, herself the as the end, hero. Well, yeah, which, but at which the end whole, here, this whole thing is a question of nurture versus nature. Okay, so the end, mother gives daughter, daughter takes the baby boy and wants to run out and raise humanity on her own. And daughter and mother says, you're not ready yet to do it. But daughter convinces her to let her do it anyway. And she, she kills the robot, except she doesn't, she kills the robot that raised her, but didn't really destroy mother because mother's an AI. And it ends with daughter and brother, daughter raising brother. Of course, yeah, they, don't, they don't give you the definitive what happened to mother, but mother is everywhere. We know that. Well, that also brings up a big issue. Yeah, uh, we... You can't really raise a human species with two. Well, yeah, there's a, well, the embryos are still there. So, um, but that wasn't an issue that they wanted, they needed to address since they weren't going for 
the logistics of how to raise humanity as much as they were talking about us uh, well, again, this, social issues. So I'm not well, really going to worry about that issue. The main issue of this entire movie revolves around one simple premise. And that simple premise is, is humanity a base or is, can it nurture outweigh nature? Can you teach humans to be different? Is there certain things that are innately in a human that you cannot teach out? I also think it was very well, telling that the philosopher that she brings up is Kant. Thank you. It's the only philosopher that is brought up. No, by she, she mentions one other. Did she, she said she read Kant the day before, and then when they were talking about the doctor's point, um, I think she brought up Hobbes. At one point well, she said Kant would say it is my duty as a doctor to save as many lives as possible. No, she said... She said that I felt more better about humanity when I read Kant yesterday. Yeah. But this, but this either, is the either point. way, it's telling because Kant's, Kant boiled morality down to doing your proper duty. And if you followed that and you did what you were supposed to and were honor-bound and duty-bound to do, then the action was good, regardless of the, the end result of the action or the action well, in and of itself. You know, there's a lot. Okay, there's a lot of good discussion here, but rather let's let's try to pick a topic and stick to it. Otherwise, we'll go veering off and confuse the sickies. So, because I, I thought getting confused. Well, this is part of that nat- nature versus nurture. Is what is she being taught? She's being okay. So taught. that's what we're on now. Okay, she's being taught psychology from a very key view. Psychologist, uh, not psychologist, uh, philosophy. But, but philosophers. These philosophers have a very distinct way of looking at the world. And this way of looking at the world is very much how Mother, the AI, saw the world. So that's being reinforced and put into data in this case. Yeah. I mean, Mother's trying to say is, is that in what Mother's that mind, practical? in 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 Mother's opinion, she's producing ethically and morally superior human beings. And again, I come back to this. I think it's telling the example that she gives them. Um, you have five patients, and they are all um, ill from failing organs, and they need an organ transplant, but no one can do it. The sixth patient walks in and he can be cured, but his organs could save the five other people. Most of us, I believe, in our generally accepted morality today would say that since the sixth patient is curable, your duty is to cure that patient and not to let him die so that you can use his organs to save five others. I think it's only when you get into a dispassionate machine logic that you can call that an ethical decision to let patient six die to save the other five. Right. And, and this is the ethics that are being taught, which again leads back to the ethics that the the AI is operating under the ethics of comp and others here doing what 
they believe, I mean, by basically wiping humanity and committing almost genocide. Like when, when mother, um, when mother confronts woman and she says, I will not allow you to interfere in my work here. And then she begins, she does torture her. She says it's a matter of time. She sticks her fingers in the wound to inflict pain and torture her to get the information she needs. Mother is again trying to develop everything mother does. She believes she's doing from a superior ethical and moral position. So she thinks this is okay because her work is to test daughter and to make sure that daughter is the superior human to raise the rest of the embryos and, and raise a new humanity. Um, it's a, it's an interesting twist from my, from my view on, on ethics. I don't, I don't find mother's behavior ethical or desirable or superior, but I can see how someone who dis divorced emotion from it in a dispassionate, pure logical reasoning could come to the conclusions that mother did. Oh, absolutely. If you take the emotion out of ethics, you left with like a very different situation because that that that's the entire field itself most of the time is what is ethically right and what are you ethically obligated and what is ethics itself because the idea of ethics has grown up over centuries of people working on top of each other's fields and sometimes rebelling 100% against what everyone else has come to and said no you don't do that you do the opposite at one so, at one point, uh, mother is justifying her actions by saying less humans will die and suffer in the new world than would have had the old world been left alone. So she's justifying the the mass execution of humanity so that she can swipe, sweep it away and replace it with perfected humans in her in her mind. Or right. And mind. this is, and this again becomes this problem because. We have to, while watching this, we're asked many questions of what is the right decision. Did that, I mean, we're doing this film. It's times where it's showing you, hmm, maybe that this is a compassionate, but other times it's showing it's raw logic. So the questions that this film raises in this field of psychology, of nature and nurture, and of um, ethics. It is a very in-depth script and in-depth concept for a sci-fi movie. It's not a series either. This is just one movie. I love the subtext. All all the subtext is there in the little games that if you want to look at this on on levels upon levels of what the writer was doing, there's depth here. This is a movie you could rewatch and probably get more and more out of each rewatch, honestly. Absolutely. And, I mean, you could have, I would say you could have entire philosophy debates over this movie. Putting you know, which side you want to land on. Because at times you can 
if you step back and decide to do a debate format, you could absolutely debate that mother was correct. I wouldn't want to do that because I believe that it was incorrect because of, again, my ethics. But the, my the observation, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, my philosophy 101 and 102 makes me think that mother is, um, and that's where it ends is that mother is some combination of of Kantism and um utilitarianism where she's she's trying to justify the most good for the most people and that anything she does within her duty to do the most good for the human species regardless of the individual action is justified and i feel like daughter is trying to go along on an individualistic ethical thing you know you do right by the individual and you judge it by the individual because when mother asks the the question with the doctor she says who are these people are they good humans so she's still trying to do the most good that she can but she's trying to do right by the individual in every case too no matter what and i think it's it's a contrast between those two ways of of looking at it almost like a macro versus a micro moral philosophy yeah, well, I, this is again the also the thing where, again, at the end you're finding out that mother is the AI and is in control of every robot that's actively still wiping out humanity. So it's the thing where you go, so this is what's happening right now. And it ends in this very weird way where you go, okay, humanity is being rebuilt by this one person. What are they going to become, though? Because they were taught by a very utilitarian robot, but she has a very individual and individualistic mindset to it. What's the outcome going to be? I feel like Rage Master, Thomas and I just did what you and I's short definition of philosophy all those years was using a lot of big words to say absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, that was very verbose, wasn't it? A little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we just got every sickie out there just going, rolling their eyes at us, going, shut up. Yeah, maybe you did. I don't know. So, um, one thank of the you for joining us I... in psychology <laughs> corner. Well, that's part of science fiction. So, that, that means it did its job. Um, before we get any rips and picks, which are probably going to be short because you guys uh, discussed a lot of this. Who's the bad guy in this movie? And is there one? I think the bad guy would be Mother. Okay. Go on. You can't just stop there. It's an essay question, not true or false. Fine. You want me to do an essay? Fine. I Mother is, is the bad guy because they are currently choosing life and death, have committed genocide, is currently repopulating, but only if the test subject passes certain bounds. So it's treating humanity as a lab rat. 
and has brought humanity down to nothing more than another species to develop and test a new psychological theory on. Um, I believe the genocide and the continuing murder of humanity is a big no one. Don't like that. And it's also the driving protagonist of the film. Mm-hmm. Also uh, being that it drives towards comp and it's kind of has some problems. If you use comp down without any mitigation, you can go down a very dark path. I'm going to go a different mm. route and it's, it's a little weird to get there, but I will say that the daughter is the protagonist. She's absolutely the protagonist because she is supposed to represent the perfect perfect synthesis of mother's machine um, morality and cold, dispassionate logic with human caring and compassion. And mother is well, setting she up, is confused. She is confused. That is that is true. The antagonist, I believe, is woman. She is there to try to. She's there to test daughter and to see if she can drag her off of the path that has been set to be the morally perfect human. Um, and, and in all cases, daughter passes when she is supposed to be compassionate and let woman in because she's shot and dying. She does when she's supposed to come back to save her brother. She does when when she's supposed to. She does what's right by the individuals around her. Not what's right by her and what's better for for the people that she encounters in every instance. She says, I'd do what everybody does, but that's not the truth. Um, And she passes. But the antagonist to me is woman because woman is who serves the role to see that if she can get her to act unethically, either against mother or she tells her, don't go back for your brother. You did the best you could for him, but you don't have to go back for him. Let's live here, us together. Um, to me, well, she's the one who is only acting from selfish motivations throughout the entire film. Mother may be by our, by our definitions evil, but mother believes that she's serving a higher power and a higher good. And by adherence to Kant, who they name, I would say that the film is showing her in one way acting. What could be, if you wanted to get technical adherence to acting morally, at least according to one school of ethics. Daughter is also acting morally, but the only one acting selfish in her own interest at the expense of anyone else, including when she's threatening to kill daughter to escape, is woman. Well, I'm surprised. I did not uh, anticipate you saying that, Scott. No, no, no. I do have one question, though. I understand you're saying that she, the woman is the protagonist. And I, I mean the uh, opposing force here. She's the antagonist. In, in my, she's the one playing the bad guy. She's the bad guy. She's the only one acting it, selfishly in all cases. So is she the bad guy? Not acting as the bad guy. Is she the bad guy? I would say she's then, she is the antagonist. She is there as the foil to the protagonist to see if she can take the protagonist off of her path that she's supposed to walk. And I would call mother the anti-hero. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. 
Rage, where'd you I, come I, down on it? You posed the question. Yes. You better oh. have a full essay. I I have a lot to say. I just wanted I just didn't want to get in the way of you guys. Okay. Floor is yours, buddy. It's yours, Rage. Go. <laughs> so let's pack pedal a little bit. And you said most people concerning the doctor question, most people would say you have to save the one patient. Um, and I know the film didn't dip into this, nor would it. But given the Judeo-Christian concept of sacrifice for greater love and purpose, I found myself being unable to answer this question. Because if I were the sixth patient and the doctor posed to me the fact that your death will save five lives, I wouldn't be able to just dispassionately say, no, I'd sit down and go, hmm. I, I, I agree. So. Uh, well, the only problem is that question is not posed to the patient. Well, the, regardless. The, I think regardless. most doctors from a medical ethics standpoint would tell you that they can't kill a healthy patient, even if by doing so they save. I know that, lives. but I thought the floor was mine. I'm sorry. I apologize. So, uh, no, you're right. A doctor wouldn't do that just by beyond just legal issues, um, the Hippocratic Oath. However, uh, they found myself wonder, finding that the greater good in this and sacrifice for the greater love and good was far more ethical. Um, does that mean I have a clear answer? No, but that's where I was leaning towards. Um, who's the hero? Mother. Because you didn't see that coming. Because um, I want to hear this essay coming from. I looked at the, and this is why I it, I came this way. And I know the uh, writer was not heading in this direction, but the more I saw the character of woman, the more I kept thinking of Milton's poem "Paradise Lost," and the more I and reminding myself of why I can't stand it. This business of better to reign in or reign in hell than serve in heaven is garbage. And it's not just because I'm a Christian, but it's also because think about it. I'd rather say I willingly walked into suffering and pain all my life and the worst things of ever, just so I could say I did it. It's a childish behavior. It's absolute insipid childishness. Um, especially when you consider, um, and I know I'm veering off a little bit, but I'll bring it back. That in the poem, Lucifer, in trying to usurp God, damned mankind and everyone else. He ruined creation. For what? So he could say, I had my freedom. Oh, okay. I should really care about your freedom while it's dragging all of us down. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So is woman the antagonist? Yes, because woman was trying to tear apart everything that was when they were walking through the cornfield. And every time they spoke, all she did was explain how everything was better without people. And I just found myself thinking, 
lady, you're not making a case for freedom here. You're not making a case for humanity. You're making a case against humanity. So, um, and again, I'm, I'm putting into the story what the author didn't put in, and I'm goodly enough to acknowledge that. But I also know that by whatever point in the future, let's just say it's 50 years, ecologically speaking, mankind has done a butt ton more damage to the earth. And to me, this seemed a lot like the end times where God comes back and remakes heaven and earth and says, you guys screwed it up. I've had enough. And again, this business of no way, man, our freedom above everything else, even if it destroys us is an insipid, childish, selfish attitude. Um, that it, cause even if you took, even if you don't believe in the Bible, that's fine. But the one thing I don't understand is when someone is so high on their own personal freedom that they would rather let a hundred people die. It's just, and we see it get done with, uh, no, you may not. I'll you put your hand down. You're not the Statue of Liberty. Um, now I'm on my high horse. Well, so I, I absolutely I that that answer. It. I just don't get it. And it doesn't make sense to me. Here's mother trying who in the, her own words, when daughter says, I wish people didn't exist because they did all this damage. She says humans are beautiful. So in a almost godlike fashion saying, I know the good you can be. We just have to cultivate it. You know, I, I, that's what a loaded that was. question to so ask. That's why, that's why the whole time I liked the fact that it left it ambiguous at the end to say, well, who's really the bad guy here? It's yeah. really up to you, honestly. And someone could come along and say, Mark, you're totally wrong. And that's fine because the film didn't say one way or the other. Well, you can't be, um, you can't be wrong in that situation. Whether you would rather rule in hell, whether you think it's better to rule in hell or serve in heaven, it it it, it says more about you how you answer it than anything and else. That's right. And that's right. And, 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 and that's that answer from you, I I perfectly understand. Now, here's a loaded question. That's, that's my position. Yep. On who's the hero? Where's the ethics? And it all well, lies with mother because mother was trying to restore. Well, and it and it begs the question at that point, and again, we don't know, the story doesn't tell us, but at that point, let's just, it's assumed that humanity had a course of total disaster and the, the car was careening into a wall and there was no brake and there was no steering wheel. Is mother's well, destruction of humanity any different? Than the great flood and then choosing one individual and his family, Noah, precisely. in an ark to restore humanity to a better precisely. path. Precisely. Precisely. I think that analogy is uh, there. Uh, there's precisely. an analogy there, but there, 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 there's a few questions here. And I, and I want to pose a couple of them. Being that you've now made the analogy to the biblical flood and Noah. Well, yeah, I was thinking of the end times, but yeah, we could do the flood, sure. End times. We are not speaking, though, of 
God doing that in this situation? We're speaking no, we're of- not. And I said that the author's not doing that. I'm telling you that's what inspired my answer. Let, let me finish my question, please. <laughs> Being that we're now speaking of a creation of a flawed species, creating an AI, and then this AI wiping out humanity and saving one, oh, saving the species and rebuilding it in its own image. The questions come about of when you're talking about the flood and someone outside above humanity creation, we're now talking about someone who would be flawed from inside the bounds of creation. Might cause some issues though. The other question that I have was mother being that you say mother was the hero here. Mm-hmm. Was the genocide of the entire human species good? Okay, well, what was your first question? Because I didn't get it. The comparison you made was, again, going on, basically, we're talking about a AI now acting as God. The problem being the AI was created by humans. So it's not like the same one-to-one and also having a bunch of potential flaws, let's say. So would that have issues, do you think? Okay, let me reiterate this to make sure I understand your question. You're asking me, because man made the AI, and man is flawed, would the AI be flawed in its reasoning? Is that your question? Could it? No, is that your question, yes or no? Well, I'm saying, could it be flawed? Yes, that's... Okay, I guess I'm not... Being clear again, your question, tell me if I'm correct, yes or no, is, is the AI flawed because it was made by flawed people? Is that your question? question? No, my question is, could it be flawed? Uh... I'm going to say for the perp, do you want me to answer myself or do you want me to answer just in the context of the movie? Yes. Okay. Well, for myself, I'm not going to answer that question because I took it from a different perspective that the author was not going for. Um, In the context of the film, could the AI be wrong? Well, sure. But that's not going to sway me either way. And as for your second question, was genocide good? So you're asking me if genocide is good. No. But... um, There's another loaded question. Yes, it is. If if the genocide yes. is good here, okay. Now I'm going to go purely philosophical, and this might 
might not like this question. You? No. Purely philosophical. God is all knowing. Uh, God is all first. knowing and all good. Was his genocide good? Was the fl- the flood is a genocide? Was it good? It's from God. It can't not be. Oh, thank you, Scott. Okay. Well, this again brings goes back to that first question I had, though. Being that God is the in the Judeo-Christian faith is the creator and is outside of the universe and created the universe. Yeah. And knows everything. Yeah. Then anything he has done, he knows all outcomes. So... I, Knowing I, the outcome is not the point, though. I want yes, to go back is. to your first question. How is Thomas. the out, how is that the point? Because when God did not do it because He saw multiple outcomes in some kind of Loki nonsensical no, multi-universe. Not what thing. I'm saying. Not what oh, I'm okay. saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where do you think I was going? No, I what don't I'm know. Saying. I don't understand. I I'm guess saying, I'm not very clever. I'm saying Mother here is an AI who is programmed by humans who could have a complete flaw in the system and see something and think somewhere in here that killing off the human species and wiping them out completely and rebuilding is the best thing. Yep. That's what you saw. It doesn't have the ability of knowing 100%. Knowing from the future, yes, it works. But if we're going to make a comparison to um, the Bible, it wasn't anything about outcome that God saw. It was the condition of man's heart and that Noah and his family were the only ones that uh, were not committed to evil. Yes. And he knew knew wiping out the evil was good. So I'm saying – there is a slight difference here, and it's very slight. And, well, where I was going about. with my question to you, Mark, when I said was was God's genocide good, was not to say that it was that the flood was an evil act. But I didn't I, think you were asking that. I'm ascribing the same motive to Mother. So if the flood was a good act because God had read man's heart and where it was going, and he wanted to make sure that the good-hearted person of Noah was the seed to reestablish humanity. Mother, to me, is doing the same thing with daughter that's, playing the role of Noah. That's kind of my point. Which would, make, which would make her genocide absurdly a good thing, which dovetails into my question to Thomas. Thomas, you said, could the AI be flawed because man is flawed? No. Here's yes. why. Here's why. The AI has synthesized the entirety of the human ethical debate. And the reason that we can't usually have an agreement on ethics, maybe what this movie is saying is that the reason we will never answer the question of what is the good that we've been trying to answer since Plato and Socrates and before is because our emotions get in the way of our rationality. And that when you put our ethical constructs, all of them, into a dispassionate, purely logical computer, 
you get a purely ethical being. Because sometimes the ethical action is a bad action or an action that people can't bring themselves to take. Because, Mark, we said, you said, if it was the question was put to me and my death can save five lives, then I might be a selfish and wrong person to not give my organs away to save those five lives. If you put that question to the doctor, the right question, the right answer probably is that you should let the healthy patient die and take those five and take those organs and save the other five lives. You're doing the most good possible. You're probably doing the most good for humanity unless you know that this person in their own right, you can quantify that they will do more good than these other five will do. But very, very few of us, I don't know of almost anyone who could kill or let the living patient die to save the five others, especially if it's just we don't know any of them. We don't know any of the six people. Even then, I think we would call that person amoral if they could do it. And we look at them sideways. Scott, 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 I I get where you're coming from. But a computer, a a computer could make that decision and be able to just weigh it. Do the calculus and take the emotion out of it. And maybe that's how you get a perfect morality is to take emotion out of it entirely. Absolutely not, because this is where we had philosophers thinking that way. We had an entire field of thought saying that you should divorce everything from the body, that your sensations, your feelings are invalid. Yeah, but it's nothing we can never we can never achieve it. That's the thing. Maybe the reason we've never been able to achieve a perfect morality is that our emotion gets in the way. Well, well this is again, and we've had this these debates where it's, it's the like true well, original it, sin emotion. Boy, is no. that no, no, not biblically, it's not. It's clearly stated. Well, all those emotions already existed before. Before the sin came in, but again, well, except for the evil ones, but that could the original could the temptation have happened without emotion? Could Satan have tempted a completely emotionless? No, because temptation temptation is an entirely different. Um, it's not an emotion; it's a temptation. Biblically speaking, and, and, um, and temptation and temptation isn't an act or an intent. It's otherwise Jesus would therefore have been a sinner himself. It's an interesting thing, though. If you took an AI and you gave an AI a moral program, it has to follow it. It could never deviate from it, no matter how much it might want to. It could never have the emotional pull because the moral program would say, in this case, you must do this. Um, In Star Trek, Data has an ethical subroutine. And I always thought that the worst thing that the show ever did was show that when Data's ethical subroutine comes off, he's a cold-hearted psychopath. Uh, you know, he's willing to kill Jordy in dissent um, with the test that he knows that he's not going to survive and that there's only a 30% chance that any of the humans will survive it. He's willing to just kill him because his ethical subroutines have been disabled. So if the control is taken off of Data, he's a homicidal maniac. But at the same point in time, if you had an AI like data, like mother, and you gave them an ethical framework and you input all of that construct, the programming would have to follow it out. 
And by whatever yes, morality you chose to give that AI, it would act perfectly moral. It could not act immorally. Okay, time, time out, Scott. Here's a problem, though. <clears throat> morals, morals can change. Outlooks can change. Inf- now, I have a great idea for you. And here's a interesting thought experiment. We have a prediction, let's say, that in the 1970s, the world is going to be overpopulated and hundreds of millions of people are going to starve to death because we can't feed them. What do you do? Oh, I I mean, yeah, Uh, I would say that um, what most people would do is we would talk about ways of boosting the um, agricultural crop production and coming up with another food source to feed these people. And we would come up with some forms of population control as far as uh, birth rate control. And in most cases, it would probably fail and lots of people would die. If you had a cold calculating computer, it would probably take the Thanos route and say, I'm just going to kill half these people. That will solve the problem. There will be enough resources and ultimately less people will die and the people that live will live a better life. Now, when I say that, again, I sound immoral. And depending on what ethical construct and how you judge the goodness of an action, the the Thanos theory of just killing half of them so that the half that survived can live a much better life and ultimately probably less people die in the long run when you count it all out. How do you judge? This is the question we've been grappling with forever. But I wonder. Well, well, well the re- if, reason I brought that up I is because mother- that actually happened. That is a question that was posed and was solved without having to kill people. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we put a lot of uh, those different, you know, what I said the first time into it. And that's what we consider the ethical action. But is it? I don't know. Like, like look, 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 here, here, here's the thing. I put this one out. And, and at, the, at, the, at the risk of upsetting people who are listening, right now, we are doing a heck of a lot of things today in the name of keeping the temperature of more, no more than two degrees Celsius higher than the pre-industrial age. There's a lot of harm being caused by these actions today in the name of the greater good to prevent a greater atrocity 40 or 50 years down the road. We won't know. We won't know the outcome of that action in our lifetime. It will be left for people who live after us to say if the if the harm that was done today was less because we prevented a disaster in the future. That's always the question. But we have this this raw emotion, I think, that clouds our judgment on matters of ethics. And I think that's probably why the debate, since humans have first existed, becomes clouded. Because sometimes what might truly be the better path forward, like in this case with climate change, is to cause some pain and cause some harm today so that um, certain island nations don't disappear 40 years from now. And that we have a whole lot more deaths in an uninhabitable, miserable world 40, 50 years from now. But our emotion today says this action today 
is making um, food and energy costs through the roof for these people, and these children are starving and freezing. Is that an ethical choice to hurt someone today to help someone in the future? We ask these questions all the time, and I think our emotions get in the way when we're faced with it. It's it's the very simple question. Everyone can answer this question. It's brought up a million times. It's more of my philosophy 101. There's a train. You can throw the track. If you throw the track, it'll kill one person. If you don't throw the track, it'll kill 50 people. Almost everyone throws the track in that situation. Then I change it and I say the person on the track, if you throw the switch that dies, is your mother or your wife or your husband or your father or your son or your daughter. And the answer changes. And almost no one throws the switch. And is it, I think what this movie, this is my deep meaning. You can't get to morality as long as emotion is in the equation. It's only by completely removing all human emotion from the equation that you can get to a perfect morality. I don't know if that's a likable philosophy or not, or if, you know, that makes me a good or bad person. No, it just makes sense. I See, I don't know if you can quite go that far, though. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I think emotion is in morality. It's part of it. It's baked into it. And you have to really look at it and figure out even the idea of throwing the switch and we're told, throw the switch to save 50. Why save 50? Why not just not throw the switch? Why not just step away? Yeah, then everybody dies. But why? Uh, uh, You know what? I'll put it another way. There's another because really emotion, famous one. If you could go back emotion. in time and kill baby Hitler, everyone thinks, well, yeah, that would be a great thing for the world. But if you went back in time and you really looked at helpless infant Hitler, could you do it? I, they have not committed any sin. I could not. Exactly. I don't think many people could. And I think that if we looked at someone who could do that, we'd have a problem with them. Well, again, this is what I'm saying, though. The emotion of us, just the idea of that idea right there, us going back in time to kill Hitler. Why would we want to do that? Because it would save people. Because it would be butter. The The emotional aspect of it, the emotion for us to do butter is the actual driving force behind philosophy, behind everything, is the emotions. Without the emotions, we are nothing. We don't have a reason to strive. Yeah, we we're not humans. I, I agree. I agree. And maybe are, that comes down to the... We don't even have a the, reason to have ethics because without emotions, why do we need ethics? Why? Maybe we that means that need. the ultimate end of the human condition is to be morally imperfect and we're striving for something that we can never even conceptually define. Well, we're always striving for utopia. And the problem with utopia is it's unattainable. Unobtainable. And we're, I mean, we're even striving to define something as simple as good and bad. And I'm not sure conceptually we can ever define those two things. We probably have a better idea of understanding infinity as a concept than we do actually coming up with a real definition of good and bad. 
Yep. And Pretty much. For, and for all these reasons, after this long discussion, Sickies, I think what's nice about the film, the greatest pick we can award it, is the fact that it, it presents these and gives you options and gives you scenarios as to what could be the right answer, but it doesn't present the right answer for you. So, and that's really at the end of the day, what good science fiction does. And that's not to say it can't give a definitive moral bonk you over the head uh, statement. If that were the case, then Star Trek couldn't exist. But um, there's, there's also plenty of room for it to do that, uh, do what it, uh, a more ambiguous, here's the scenario and here's what could happen. Here are the pros and cons. What say you? And I think that achieves it well. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I do have one rip. Um, and the rip is not enough to ruin the film at all, really. Um, and that is that in the beginning when the woman shows up, mother doesn't hear it. Her scanners don't work, and it takes her forever to run over to that airlock. It's one of those, let's make the robot not work because we need it to. Oh, I don't even I, think, there's no good I, reason for it. We just need her working. to stop there's working. There's a very good reason no, for she, it. She is working. She's working at that moment. She's allowing her to do all that. Again, it tells you it, that you allow. I allowed you to get this far. Remember, woman, woman is the test that? for daughter. Yes. Woman needs to test that, for all right, then I retract that. If that if that was really the case, then um, then I pull back my my rip. Then, yeah, that was. A then test. I must have missed that part. I, I missed have, that part. Then. Okay. I have no rips for this film. I, I have um, absolutely not one. Then let me see. Well, do actually, I, actually, that, I do. Actually, I do. I don't that? think that that canned corn is going to be good for thirty years. And I also don't think that the safest place to live is inside a container next to the ocean because a hurricane or a storm or, I mean, good Lord. I mean, you could get electrocuted by a lightning strike. Well, it didn't say that. It didn't say she was clever. So, I mean, it's Um, just not likely that that's where you're going to be able to. I mean, I feel like you basically. (laughs) So basically the only rip uh, we have is that I had was just because I, well, it's see, I did it based on the observation of the moment and then missed the part where mother said, I let you get this far. So, um, I guess they retroactively deal with my rip. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Good job guys then. But notice too, let's say they had, let's say my rip stood. It didn't get in the way. The stupid pills though, the, um, the thing not working cause we needed to, it's a bad writing technique, but if you only do it once or twice and it actually served the greater plot in a good way, it's more forgivable than if you do it all the time. Um, it's not like the hero can exist because the bad guys have stupid pills. It's not like that. So, but as you guys pointed out, I just wasn't paying attention to that part. So I have no rips then. And I would say the picks are everything we just discussed. Well, I would have one more pick. Oh, go for it. Go for it. The design of Mother. Ah, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Design of Mother is a very good aesthetic. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and the way it shows her raising the babies and heating up. Yeah, that was. I agree. That was very good. Visually, this was a good film. Yes. And since we basically have 
done Philosophy 101 <laughs> as yeah. a movie review. <laughs> that tells you everything. That this movie was a very heady thriller that made us all think and question. Yeah. Which also means, sickies, if you're one of those that only wants your laser, laser, blast, blast, Robert Kurtzman bad dialogue, maybe you shouldn't watch this film. Maybe you should stick to it I would say you should watch this. This is, this Mm. brings up, and let me finish. No, no, no. I I was kind of like, "Mm, that's a point. (laughs) Go on. You should watch this. Because this is not a movie, it has those depths. And we dove into them. I mean, we dove into them. But the deep philosophical things aren't straight and not the entire movie. Right. You can watch this movie and completely miss all of that. that and, yeah, that's true. And it's a good movie. With If you miss it, if you get it, it's a good movie. So I think... For someone who doesn't like the heady stuff, this might be a good way of dipping their toes in. All right. And that's a possibility. I'm I'm half with you on that one. Half with you on that one. Um, but yeah, if you were want to try it, yeah, okay, so try it. But um otherwise I think we're ready to rate this thing. How many dozers do we want to give it? I'll go dozers are what she called the robots, so mm-hmm. I'll go, go for it. Thomas. Go for it. I'm going to give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Excellent film. Actually, I think I'm going to give it a nine point five. Oh, it is a excellent film. It has a very in depth meaning, and has so much in it. It has a good aesthetic, a good sound design, a good look to it a good practical and cgi work it is well-rounded stands up and i think for all those reasons it's a good film the only thing i have to take the 0.5 off of it and the reason why i'm not giving it a perfect is because a little of it is ambiguous and it doesn't quite tell you where it stands on some things. Okay, that's fair. I give it. I give it At, ten dozers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I I was going to say I get that, and it's. I think just for me, because of the headiness of some of the things it brought up, I'd like it to have made a firm stance on something instead of mm-hmm. just leaving it up in the air. But that's just me. I, I respect that. I respect that, you know, wanting to have a position. So I, I give it 10. Uh, this is exactly what I want in my science fiction. Uh, this is this is to me an example of of the highest form of the craft. This film made me think on a fundamental level about the human condition. And what we are at our most basic level of defining what is good and what is bad and what goes into that. And um, made me think about that in a fundamental level. And it's probably something that I'm going to continue thinking about for some time. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it's a film that was impactful. 
And I want my science fiction to make me think. I want it to make me question things. And I want it to make me possibly go off into new ways with my thought processes on things. And this film did all of those things in addition to being thoroughly enjoyable. It's one of the best films I've ever watched. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5 as well for pretty much the same reason Thomas did. I wish it would have ta- made us uh, taken a stand. Um, that doesn't mean it's bad that it didn't. It just as a personal note, and I'm allowed to do that, and so is Thomas. Um, it took off a half a point just because I wish it had made a, a bigger stand. But that doesn't make it bad. It just means a little bit of an eh. Um, uh, you know, you two talked a lot about the, the topics I'm going to talk about. Uh, one of the things that struck me, to, uh, two of the things really, was the dialogue and the way the actors acted, the way it was written. Um, a lot of modern science fiction has really ridiculous, you know, tons of F-bombs, tons of modern speak. You know, they sound like a, a 16-year-old on Twitter and it's got a lot of shouting and childish behavior, you know, a lot of ah, and F this man. And, and this had none of that. This was adults speaking like adults. And that's really refreshing to me because I don't know why modern filmmakers and writers think that if we just sound like we're a bunch of drunk teenagers, we're going to be cool. No, no, you're not. You're going to sound like a child. Please stop. It's interesting. They they got that out of, you know, that reaction out of you when they put half the lines into a teenager and you said they don't sound like a drunk teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. They took, well, okay, she was barely a teenager by this point, but still. Well, okay. no, no, the character, but the character was She what was I'm raised, saying. but she was raised outside of all that. Yeah. And so rather than having her, you know, okay, so she watched Johnny Carson a little bit, but rather than have her watching movies and learn how to curse like a sailor, or in this case, curse like someone on Twitter and use emojis instead of words, um, they showed that, yes, she is educated. And she has been taught to be level-headed. And then even woman who is coming from a uh, survival fight or flight kind of thing was the same way. She didn't mince words. She didn't drop F-bombs and scream and yell like a child. Um, She acted on edge all the time, which I would expect. But no, she didn't act like um, a gritty edgy, grounded, angry, F-bomby character. I hate that. I hate that. It's not going to age well, that dialogue. I'm going to tell you right now. No, this film will age well. Yeah, this will age well. Because effects aside, the effects will age well. But even if they didn't do that well, the topic will. So... Uh, I'd say, I mean, it's no Apollo 13 where we all gave it tens, but that is as good as that is next to best. Yep. Sickies. And we, so that gives us our high recommendation. Watch this film. I am mother. Uh, Mm. Before we close out here, I want to tell all the sickies that a episode of our last episode of Zodiac task force was released. It was written by yours truly. So go in there and, uh, 
feel free to, when Scott tells you how to contact us, you can either contact us on Discord at Raven Lunatic Media or the other way Scott will mention. Feel free to tell me what you think of the script, good or bad. Uh, it's the first time I've tried an audio script, and I'm curious what you'll think. Uh, you can also check out our other podcasts on Raven Lunatic Media. We had a cold case chase this week of a of, and we also had case closed with a very disturbing case of a baby killer. Um, give it a shot. We also had Layla released a case of the chills with the goat bridge, which what's with bridges and ghosts? I have no idea, but we have one in Ohio and they have one in Texas in Denton, Texas as well called the goat bridge. Check that one out. So if you want to leave me comments about ZTF, or anything else, you can go on Discord or where else, Scott? RavingLunaticMedia.com 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 Ragemaster What's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. No, we don't have anything but a rage in a system. No, we don't have anything but a System. Hey. Call me derivative, but I'll ask why. Call me Spock, I'm compromised. I'm Church Superman, I'm a dumb flies. I'm the number one sick and you know that's right. Gojira, Godzilla, whatever that means, the rage is building inside of me. Every movie out there's given a bad name to sci-fi, except for maybe Star Wars. Oh wait, screw that guy, J.J. Abrams making every single grown man cry by here on Maradiva models. Always let that rage fly. No, we don't have anything but a rage in a system. No, we don't have anything but a rage in a system. No. Merch right off the shelf, catching sickness ain't good for my health. For more wealth, it's great. What we trying to rate? As long as we're not watching for the Kruger space, trucking through the new year like it ain't nothing. When it comes to sci-fi, with the pod that you're trusting is good, is it bad? Yeah, that's a discussion. As long as you stay sick, that's what you'll be loving. Stay sick, sickies. No, we don't have anything but rage in system. No, we don't have anything but rage in system. Six, 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 six.